1: Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. This episode of Spaces Podcast is supported by Twinmotion, the simple real-time rendering solution to create high-quality imagery, client presentations, and interactive experiences that help communicate your design ideas fast. Hello, my name is Demetrius. This is Jason.
0: Hey, good morning, guys. And
1: you are listening to Spaces Podcasts Express. Thank you for coming back, everybody. Jason, the name is probably fairly self-explanatory, but are you familiar with the concept of Project Exhaustion?
0: don't know if I know the concept specifically, but I know I've been exhausted many times dealing with projects. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it depends on what manner. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, I, uh, so the, it's kind of like burnout essentially, but more project specific and it can Um, come in a number of ways. So I've reached a point in my career where I've been on the project team, team member side, uh, at the mid-level point where, you know, I've had some people that I've worked that have worked under me within an organization, mm-hmm. and then to the project lead side slash uh, owner now, where not only do you have people that that you have working for you or with you, but also outside of your organization, consultants, um, other team members that you don't necessarily have direct oversight over, huh? but you're working with them. Okay. And this project exhaustion is basically where the project, it can happen for several different reasons. For example, the project can be sort of never ending, <laughs> no ending in sight, just kind of dragging on. Uh, the project can be stop and go. Um, it can be more difficult than expected. It can extend beyond deadlines, kind of back to that never ending side. Mm-hmm. Or uh, consistent over time that you have to put on a project are just a few examples of what can lead to it. And it's just a matter of people on your project team just being done with the project. Just like, I don't want to do this anymore, but I think it can really damage your team and your company. Uh, It can lead to for your team members, just having a lack of care about the project and sloppy work because they're just like over it. They're just like, get this Mm -hmm. out of my face. (laughs) Let's Mm -hmm. move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It can lead to that general burnout of just being done with the industry potentially. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it can also be sort of, usually people tend to, to try and regain control of a situation, they have to Mm -hmm. find someone to blame for it. And it tends to fall on your company that is Mm -hmm. to blame. Mm -hmm. And then they want to leave the company because of this one project. So Mm -hmm. it can all stem and create this havoc within, within your organization and our industry in general. So Mm -hmm. have you had that? uh,
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, there's one project specifically that I, that I would really love to name that I won't <laughs> that um, is just about to close. Mm-hmm. And we've been dealing with it for the last, truly, I feel like the term dealing with it is properly said, and um, <laughs> for the last couple of years, and everything that you described just now is exactly what this project is. Yep. <laughs> um, it started off as something entirely different for this builder, um, something different outside of the box. We went through, you know, a lot of it was on the cabinet side and me having a design based off of what the architect rendered, a lot of issues mm. with what was rendered, a lot of um, things that wouldn't function right, you know, to, to, too tight of tolerances on certain things. So, like, I oh, wasn't going to get proper functioning, like corners, like all, all sorts of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Full on arguments with their, I don't know what its title was, but. He and I never saw eye to eye, um, and um, and he wanted it done a certain way. I mean, in front of, like, everybody, and I'm like, it's not going to work. Um, you know, I really think we should do it this way. He wanted it his way, so I did it his way, had him sign off on it, everything. They had appliance issues, so he had to change appliances, so I went into issues with the appliances and heights. Yeah. He wanted his way, and all the time, honestly, it was, I don't want to say abusive because that's just not, the right term but it was just like it was tough like right? yeah. it was it was really really tough and um and we were kind of the sub that was pushed on them mm-hmm. which doesn't go well in a construction environment generally speaking yeah especially when i mean it can if those people are open-minded this is not an open-minded individual right mm-hmm. and um so it caused a lot of chaos and the and the first few installs were extremely rough we nailed them mm-hmm but it was really hard to get through. And and then what happened was then the project all of a sudden stopped because there was a management change in that division. And they came in and looked at a few projects, just one of which we were on. And was like, why are we doing this? This is not what we do, you know, as a whole, as a big builder. We need to change the spec on all this stuff and go back.
1: Oh my God.
0: (laughs) So they changed the program, changed the spec, um, which necessitated cost changes as well, which we communicated went through that whole shenanigans, had to re retrofit some stuff, did all that. They wanted it in like a week and a half. And I'm like, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, well we told them we we're going to do this. I'm like, I don't know why you did. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't do that. You know, um, here's what we can do. So we do that, knock that out. The team did a great job, but every, every corner we would hit an install or something, it was like we would get beat up on something else. And I'm pretty good personally at taking somebody yelling at me or whatever to, in a business sense, personal sense. That's going to be a whole nother issue <laughs> business sense. I'm pretty good at being able to take the abuse, try to understand what it is they want to do and then repackage it and formulate it and just be like, look, it's a business thing. Right. But it started to tear on me too. Mm. You know, to the point where it's like, this isn't logical. Like I've done, we've done everything you've asked the guys have done everything you've asked. Like, this is like, you're wrong. Like, this is you are just being irrational. Yeah. Irrational people don't like being told they're being irrational. <laughs> um, so it creates more and more problems, but honestly, like it's been, it's been a knockdown drag out to get through this community. The, the appliance things that I said were the wrong way were the wrong way. Literally we're doing a walk and the city inspector comes in and is like, I can't sign off your homes because these things are here. And he looks at me and I'm like, I, like, this was your call. Well, you agreed. And I'm like, I didn't. He's like, well, you just still did it that way. Right. And I'm just like, and I'm looking at the people that were there. Like they were with me at the time, like that were there. I'm like, they're like, no, this is hundred percent his spec. And I'm like, yeah. okay. And he's like, yeah, but then you guys shouldn't have done it. Like, you know what I mean? Like wow. they're looking for somebody to blame. Yeah. You know? And, and I mean, we'll fix it. You guys are going to pay for it. You know, like that's it. But this is, this is a joke. Yeah. And multiple times, you know, I talked to the management team here You know when i was when i was working with them and said like we need to get away from these people like we just need to like i've never done that in my life you know in business and been like we just need to get out because it was beating up our field guys it was beating up our office guys it was beating me up it was like throwing wrenches into production because we had to like constantly like do different things and then we ran into a billion issues too i mean we're in the whole a bunch of money because they won't agree to the changes that were made yeah. you know even though they agreed to them and we've been billing them and they haven't been paying them like we well, never said anything it's like look at all these invoices like holy cow um so over it completely yeah. completely over the project you know learned a lot yeah um i learned where my breaking points are you know on some of this stuff which i wasn't so sure i had some <laughs> um but it was it was not good and if i never do work with a couple of these individuals ever again that's fine and if i ever (laughs) see them in another builder when i go to work with them i'll just be like you know it's cool never mind shake your hand like i'll leave like it's fine like i just don't want to do it yeah so exhausted is probably a really good term for that one
1: yeah no you you mentioned uh one part that the changes for our listeners that are on the owner side um slash client side that is one of the touching points of a project that can just completely unravel things and just completely wear out everybody on a team. Um, So obviously changes will happen, but it's important to be very thorough in the beginning to try and avoid as many changes as possible. Like one of the projects that I'm working on right now that I, I think I've mentioned before, you know, we were literal days away from approval and the, tenant wanted to make a change where this equipment was massive and it ended up changing a lot of the floor plan because we had to redesign everything and while it seemed to be very simple once we got to the city for whatever reason they were super confused and it just dragged out this long process of them not understanding and we've talked about it COVID and them not being able to the, the disconnect of communication and mm-hmm. all this. So it dragged on sure. for so long. And some of our consultants, I mean, no one's said it, but I think started to experience this project exhaustion, you know, email responses got further. Slowed. Yeah. Yep. Slowed, got more and more delayed, uh, less effort into responses to the city. I would ask for stuff and just flat out would not respond. <laughs> and, uh, so things just started to just drag and progress more and more and get worse and worse. And one of the people on the consultant side, uh, ended up leaving this company. I don't know the exact reason if they were let go or if they were left because they were just done with everything. But I think the toss the papers. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I personally have experienced that too on the team member side where I was dealing with a project that was just, non stop changes, uh, stop and go. The client was horrible. And I was like, I am done with this. I don't want yeah. to work on this project anymore. I don't want to work with yeah. these people anymore. Yeah. So this, this can be, and it, it can unravel. Like I mentioned earlier, you can unravel and cause damage to your company and the project itself. Uh, if you're not careful to, to manage it,
0: the collateral damage. Yeah you know what I mean? Of this type of stuff is, is insane. And um, it's unhealthy, you know, in a lot of ways. And I remember working with our our team and just, you know, they come up and like, what else do they want? You know, you're like, like, when are we just going to be like, okay, I know. I mean, you know what I mean? The amount of like emotional support that you're giving your own team. She's like, look, I know like, what can we do? (laughs) You know, let's make it realistic for us. Let's not push to go crazy, but you know, like, what can we do? And I think luckily you know myself and my team always err towards the side of you know let's do everything we can to help right mm-hmm. we've always been that way um and my within um, and the company yeah with, yeah i mean the, the, with the teams that i would work with right yeah. like that was that's always my attitude even though i'm going out i'm kind of playing middleman right between um what the owner wants and then what you know what our team has to do you know i'll take the punishment on this side to mm-hmm. shield the team from that and then, you know, go to the, and I would always insert myself, right? Like if they start getting nasty, like, let me handle it, you know, because, <laughs> because it's just, when you don't deal with that often, it, it really can, can, um, can mess you up. Yeah. Like it can really mess with you mentally. It can really mess with your mood and, and those types of things. And until you have enough exposure in a palatable size chunk or time frame. Mm -hmm. If you get too much at one time, I mean, it does, it makes you want to toss the papers and just take off and and then everybody loses. Right. So, but luckily the teams have always been like, all right, fine. We, we yell at each other a little bit behind closed doors and then, you know, get, get it out, vent it out. And then it's usually like, what can we do to figure this out? But how many times can you do that? You know what (laughs) I mean? Especially when it has to deal with like one, what seems to be, you know, whatever the machine that's throwing the sparks that's creating the fires. Yeah. Why don't you just kick that out? You know? So it does. It wears on your teams and it and it and it um can really ruin morale, you know, for more than a day. You know what I mean? Like it's not just a one and done scenario. Oh yeah. You know, especially when you're dealing with like a plant in manufacturing that's looking at rates of progress and and rates of productivity. And if you're having to throw in these little, you know, what a buddy of mine always calls mickeys, right? You're throwing these little mickeys, it messes all that up. Yeah. And so the effects can be far worse yeah so just clarity up front and then if you make a mistake just own it you know i'd say this is more on the owner side right nobody's perfect we all make mistakes like all of us do you know mm-hmm. and i am far more apt from a sub side when one of my partners comes to me and says look i like i fucked up i need help mm-hmm. and i'm like okay like what like what do you need as opposed to you know we got issues and you need to do this and whatever and i'm looking at him like doesn't sound like my issue <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I mean that's that's the mood that you tend to you know develop and it, you know that that whole collaborative part because you mentioned at the very beginning somebody looking for somebody to blame stop mm-hmm. like maybe you're to blame you know and then just own it who cares you yeah. know it does a lot more than help the project go like for future relationships and stuff it like it, it fosters trust and, and responsibility like and people wanting to follow you you know yeah. that's probably the biggest reason most of this happens
1: right yeah yeah we're gonna take a quick break to share a little bit more about our sponsors as you know here on spaces podcast we explore how external forces shape the built environment which is why we love what the architecture firm Shaw has done with the micro library Fibonacci in Kolom Park Indonesia. The micro library is designed to coexist with nature all around it. You'd almost miss it if you weren't looking for it. But initially, Shaw struggled to get the project approved. So the company turned to real-time archviz tool Twinmotion to present the design to clients, placing the structure within the context of a lush green park. This directly led to the design being signed off, and Florian was one happy customer. In his own words, he said, quote, With Twinmotion, there's not fumbling with settings, then pressing render, waiting, and reiterating until you're happy with the result. The changes appear directly on screen in real time, and the exported image or animation looks like what you've seen before. No surprises. To download your exclusive free trial, head to Twinmotion.link spaces. That's twinemotion.link spaces. So to leave uh, our listeners with something to take away, a few tips. One was uh, visual goals. The power of a checklist is amazing. I had one um, supervisor that, you know, would have a whiteboard and would just have the checklist and just the the feeling of having that check mark next to whatever that task was, and to see progress is so so motivating in itself. Even though it's simple, it's super motivating. And I think outside of your organization, there's apps uh, that I've come across recently that I haven't had the chance to put to use, but Trello is a good one where you can, it's sort of a checklist. And if you can open it up to your full team, I think that will work as a good um, motivator for a full project to have, you know, those those items kind of move down. It, right. It's like a timeline and you can have those items move down and sh- visually show that progress that although it feels like it's never ending and you're just going in circles you're actually making progress and this project is moving along um rewards lots of companies do the pizza parties and you know small bonuses and things like that those are really good another good one that i haven't i didn't see on online but have experienced the opposite of but public accolades go a long way meaning Uh, So just even within your company, you know, shouting out a full team for something that they did, getting getting a milestone done or a project done and naming specifically naming each individual on that team. People feel really good about getting that acknowledgement Um, on the opposite side. I've been on projects where the project architect takes all the credit and doesn't name anybody on the team and it's just all about them that is very demoralizing yeah to the team member, especially paired with when something goes wrong you're thrown under the bus immediately <laughs> so that makes you not want to uh, commit and, and fully try to do whatever you can to make a project good um,
0: If I can jump into that yeah you know, I think that's I think that's really important you know when I look back on a lot of the management stuff I read a lot of um, organizational books, Mm-hmm. Management books. I don't read leadership books because I think leadership books are garbage, <laughs> and a lot of psychology, like like primarily, you know, books on in some version of psychology, emotional <laughs> intelligence, all that kind of stuff. And I, it was really funny. One of our associates the other day did a great job on something that she wouldn't usually tackle, and so I was telling her, "I was like, hey, like you did a really good job." A couple of days later, she came and she was like, "Thanks, you know, so much, right?" Like it made her like made her day, right? Mm-hmm could have made her weak. I don't know, you know, like that kind of thing, but she was super excited about it. And then a couple of days later, something happened and she was coming, trying to compliment me on something I did.
2: Hmm.
0: And I'm notoriously terrible at, at taking compliments and (laughs) um, any of that kind of stuff. And I will continue to always push that off to, oh, you know, team did a great job, team did a great job, whatever. Even though like you get grief about maybe not taking compliments that well, the bigger thing is if your default team Mm you don't cross those people and alienate those people. You know what I mean? Um, Because you want to be the first one to give credit and the last one to take it. Like Mm -hmm. in a, in a, in a society, I think that's very um, I'm using a lot of hand signals that nobody can see while they're (laughs) listening to this, but that's very um, show me like out there, you know, social media, all that. it's all like, you know, picture didn't happen type of deal. Right. That kind of stuff. You're not, you're not really taught or pushed to act in that manner, right? You're almost trained to do it differently. Right. It's all about me these days. I mean, everything's about me, right? Like <laughs> me, me, me. Yeah. And that doesn't foster growth. It doesn't foster a team atmosphere by any degree, like you're saying, and we'll do nothing to advance your career or anybody else's career. Nothing, yeah. nothing. Right. Um, I so I think that's a really, really good point that you're making. It's like you want to, you don't have to go out of your way and like crazily praise people. Yeah. But if you're telling them, was like, Hey, like you nailed that. Like great job. You know, like that's something you wouldn't have done a year ago. Like that's yeah. awesome. You know, or Hey, you know, when someone comes and says, or even if you get some of that, you know, that public like accolade from somebody and be like, you know what, like I realize I'm at the, you know, I I provided it to you, but there's a whole lot of work with a whole lot of people that got done behind me to be able to, to put that together. Like you have to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, because it's the truth.
1: Yeah. A uh, couple more before we get out of here. Breaks. If you see your team going 110% trying to get something done, um, recognize that and try to break in or uh, bake in a couple breaks here and there. Give Give somebody a half day off, a day off, just to let them sort of recalibrate and come back fresh the next day or for the next push.
0: That's huge. I mean, I wish. You know, in the time I spent doing what I'm doing, I had a little bit more latitude to do that mm-hmm. because, and I did it a couple of times and cut some heat for it, but, <laughs> you know, I'm serious, but a couple of people were just pushing, 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 pushing and came in. I think it was like, a, like, usually it was probably like on a Friday or or a Thursday and it's like two, three o'clock, you know, and they're just like, oh, you know, I don't know. And I remember just saying, leave it with me, go home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're looking at me like, but I got, I'm like, I'll am like, i take care of it. Yeah, Go home. Like you've been busting your ass, like this is stressing you out, you've done a great job. Go home, yeah, like I can't pay you more, but I appreciate what you're doing. You know what I mean, like that kind of thing, right And it's not in lieu of or whatever, but it's just a, a little ability to recognize and show again that it's a team. I'll take that, like you need to take a breather, like take the next couple hours off I, that, I dude, it's the the weight that that holds is so fantastic, yeah, you know in doing that, and I wish more people would take use of it. Yeah. I really do.
1: Yeah. Um, venting, allowing (laughs) your, your team members the opportunity to vent, uh, if you can figure out a way to, to, I mean, it's, it's a time burner, but if you can figure out a way to do rotations and give everybody an opportunity to just open up and talk about the situation and how their mental state is, um, or if you have, you know, someone within your team that's uh, dedicated to doing that kind of thing uh, that that would be great as well
0: that, that's an interesting one because everybody needs to do it yeah and i would I would challenge it this way you're not doing a very good job managing people if you don't know when they need to do that yeah mm-hmm. I remember multiple times like you should be it's that old idea when you're like managing people it's like you want to be close enough but not too close so that sway his judgment, but then you know, from far enough away, but not too far as you don't understand what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're doing a good job and you're finding that sweet spot, you can tell when someone's going. On. Or they'll do what we used to do. They would walk into my office and shut my door and just say, <laughs> "I need to vent." <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like, and I would literally stop and go, "Okay, does that mean you're just going to go off on me, and I'm going to shut my mouth, or do you want feedback?" Yeah, you know what I mean? And like to be like, I just want to go. I'm like That's okay, it. and then they, and they would just light it up, right, yeah, and so I would sit there and I, <laughs> you know you're, you're starting to play this game mentally like, okay, like is he done is she is she done like what like you know, and then you get that awkward silence, yeah and and people, I think the other thing was that awkward silence is amazing, and you have to be able to wait through it, mm-hmm. too many people want to fill that space, let it go because whatever they did before then, and they do that awkward silence, they're Analyzing in their mind, what their next step is, yeah. which will tell you so much. Yep. You can just keep your mouth shut. And most people can't do that. They want to fill the space because it's uncomfortable. <laughs> and so anyways, we would get vented on or I'd get vented on and that would happen. And then they'd be like, okay, so here's really what's going on or, <laughs> right. Or it would come back and be like, okay, okay. Yeah. I do want some feedback. What do you want to do? And then I would literally just ask questions. Yeah. That was, that was the next thing. It was not about me telling them what to do or what my opinion was. Because they're having an event, which means they're in a st- tough spot. So I, they'll be much better off if they can walk themselves out of it, mm-hmm. right? And and then they'll feel like they accomplished something when they go out of it. But that venting thing, man, you have to have a safe place where you can literally be honest. And I've had people come in and tell me that they hated what I did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's okay. And then and then when it's all done, like let me explain to you how I saw it. You're then give me your feedback. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because so I can't. Because it's not about me. Mm-hmm. it's about the overall team, right? And if, and if I'm doing my job, me personally, but anybody, if they're doing their job as a manager, you need to teach them what it is you're seeing so that way they don't have to rely on you to make every decision. Because if they're coming in, they have to rely on you to make every decision. Like you're not doing a good job. You can't you can't multiply. You should be a force multiplier. You yeah. should be able to, to teach people what to do and then have them spread out and then you get that exponential effect. Yeah. And enough people either aren't secure enough to know that, yeah, that means you're working yourself out of a job. Yes, mm-hmm. 100%. But the people that you teach that and you work with on that won't want to get rid of you because you're investing so much in them mm-hmm. that it creates a totally different relationship. Yeah. But yeah, venting. <laughs> and I've done it. I mean, I've gone and I'm just like, I need to go off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or go for a walk. Like my one of the favorite quotes I've heard is, you know, in life, there's, there's a, you have two options, sledgehammer or a long walk. <laughs> always try the long walk to start (laughs) but every once in a while life calls for a sledgehammer (laughs) you know what i mean and um and it's true if you think about applying that to different things that happen in your life you'll you'll look at it i remember telling somebody one time i'm like okay sledgehammer i've done this this and this and it's not you know what i mean so we're trying this yeah and sometimes it would work and sometimes it was a bad idea (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) that's funny uh, one thing to add on to what you said, I think it's a phenomenal thing to to try to incorporate into your your business. But if you do it, I think one thing to keep in mind is, you know, not all people are open enough to and comfortable enough to come up and vent. So you can kind of create those opportunities asking people mm-hmm. out to lunch, but you also have to invite them to vent. Because even though they feel, even though you may feel that it's an opportunity for them to vent, it may not be clear to them. So you have to really prod certain people to to pull it out of them because even though they're not to the point that they're going to (laughs) explode, you need to pull it out because it's healthier to get it out rather to cross that threshold where they do explode or leave the company or whatever the case is.
0: Well, and that goes back to being an effective manager. Yeah, or an effective leader, right? Some people put those two in the same realm. They're actually two different things, at least in my opinion. And being an effective manager is not managing the way you want to manage. Mm -hmm. It's actually managing to the different personalities and everything else that are in there. That doesn't mean changing your ways or changing your principles or whatever. That just literally means what does it take for me to have an effective conversation with this individual, their characteristics, everything else that goes along with it. So to your point, you have to learn to get into people and that could be if you have 50 people in the organization that could be 50 people if you have 5 that's 5 different ways you know but if you really care and you really want to see your organization soar you have to spend the time to do that you have to make the time to yeah. do that otherwise you will go nowhere yeah there's a great book i'm reading right now it's called the advantage and it talks about how much more organizational health is worth than strategy and everything else because the strategy and the data points and everything else are the easy thing those yeah. are what you're you're, you're formally taught you know, in school, right? Mm -hmm. But all the other stuff that we don't spend time on, the emotional intelligence side of it, is really what will be that force multiplier and will gain you so much more in life. But you have to spend the capital, you know, the the intellectual investment to do that. And most people aren't willing to.
1: Yeah. And then the last one I will leave you with is for the leaders to adjust your expectations. So as a project lead, a lot of people anticipate that everything's going to be this constant effort, just this linear line of work being done. In reality, there's this, these peaks and valleys of effort, Mm -hmm. you know, you put a lot of effort in and then there's this lull of exhaustion or just Uh lack of focus, whatever. So this up and down. And in, in your mind, although you see or expect this linear level of work, it can cause this disconnect and friction and conflict between all the other parties of the team if you're expecting to go straight across and there's this up and down. So you have to step back and realize that it's natural that it's going to be these peaks and valleys and you have to figure out what the data points of the actual pertinent work or milestones are and just keep that in your mind rather than, are they doing the work today? Are they doing the work today? Are they doing the work today? Kind of step back and say, okay, we need to get this done. However, yeah, however it gets done, it has to be done by this date rather than, you know, how much consistent effort someone's putting in.
0: It's like studying for a test. Some Mm -hmm. people would cram and some people would do it all the way through. Right. Um, but other times you get the pop quiz, and it's like, oh crap! You know you have to like that. That's what it is. And I think the best thing to do is figure it's all performance based. Yeah. Whether it's a regular job and somebody's managing that, or it's by project, certain things are going to come up that you just have to get done. Yeah. And you know, the, I, I can tell you that there are jobs where the expectation is this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Where they're straight and linear. Mm-hmm. They're not usually the ones that people want to go after because they're not going to give the lifestyle that most people want. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's there's a reason that hi- higher stress environments, you know, more responsibility, all that other kind of stuff, comes with you know traditionally higher wages. Yeah. So if you want the simple, easy lifestyle that's up on the IG life, <laughs> it doesn't exist. You know yeah. what I mean? From those perspectives, they don't they don't match. Yeah. So you're you're hundred percent right. Hundred percent right yeah so
1: we completely blew through our timer this today, but I think it was worth it.
0: yeah, I wasn't sure we we're gonna be able to talk about too much of it huh <laughs> uh
1: so I mean again, as a reminder, this is super important I think for people to understand project exhaustion because it does uh, hinder or improve the outcome of your project and how well this comes across, which is important and what we discuss here is how we raise the level of quality of our buildings. So this is one component of it. Um, thank you, Jason, for yeah. sitting down with me and Good uh, doing a little overtime today. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you to the listeners for listening. And we'll talk again on Thursday. Thanks. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check out our sponsors. By checking them out and supporting them, you help us keep this show going. Thank you to Twinmotion for their support of this podcast episode. Don't forget to visit twinmotion.link slash spaces today and try Twinmotion for free. Spaces is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. If you enjoy our show, you can support us in three simple ways for free. You can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on your podcast app if it allows you to. Tell a friend and follow us on social media. Thanks for spending time with us. Talk soon.